Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. Thanks for joining us for episode 38. Our show is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee, so shop at thrashercoffee.com for specialty coffees and use the coupon code TOPBREW to get 25% off. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me is my coffee friend and yours, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Eric. We have a large topic to discuss today, one that we haven't spoken about in a while now. And since we have spoken about it, I, we happen to have a lot more listeners now. And I thought that it would be a good time to go back and review our feelings about Keurigs and K-Cups. Mm. What are our feelings about Keurigs and K-Cups? I don't know how they feel on the inside, but it makes me kind of, they kind of make me sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess we'll get in. You and I have a little bit of a, a different understanding on this, and mainly it's not because I'm I'm so, I'm so pro K cups or or, or pro Keurig or anything. It's just that I think I, I see it as as money. No, I oh, see it okay. as a good thing. I see it as a as a as a positive in the a coffee industry as a whole. It's a disruption of the market. It could be. It could be that too. But but disru- but disruption disruptions do cause. Um, interesting things to happen. Interesting things to happen, right? Yeah, not necessarily good or bad things, um, but they cause things to happen, and, and I think that's that's kind of what's going on with the mm. K cups. So, w- how long have you been familiar with the Keurigs? You, you used them back in the day. Did you use them at home? Did you use them at the office? We've never owned one. No, we've we have we've never had a, a Keurig machine in my house. See, if you had one, maybe you would feel differently about them. Mm, well, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I mean, I definitely see the, the value in their, their ease of use. I mean, okay. I definitely see that, that, that it's, that, it, that it's easy. It's simple. Um, my in-laws have one and it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a no think machine. You know, you take your, whatever little, you know, whatever you're in the mood for, you, you, you put that in the, in the mm. machine, clamp it down and push the button, you know, you know. Hopefully there's water in there. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm taking notes here. Um, K cups and Keurigs are for the in-laws. <laughs> well, and and they were they've been in in almost every office that I've I've worked in as as well. So it's well not every office. I, I they've been around what about ten years now? Yeah, about ten years, give or take. It was it was interesting to me how when when I first saw my cure when I when I saw my first Keurig machine, I started seeing them everywhere. It was it was like they just appeared all of a sudden. They had really good marketing. Yeah, they, uh, they got themselves into all the stores, all the retail stores. I think that Amazon probably boosted their numbers as well. There's not a lot of negative feedback that they got for those machines mm-hmm. in terms of reviews. I mean, at first brush with them, it just sounds like a, something out of the Jetsons, an instant cup of really hot, steaming, good coffee, yeah. like a consistent maker. And it brews so much faster than electric drip coffee, which is what most Americans are familiar with, right? Right. So it seems ideal because who hasn't wanted to go into the kitchen Pick up a cup of coffee, uh, like an empty mug, and say, "Oh, it's empty. I wish there could just be coffee in this mug already." You know, now you got the Keurig. So what you do is you set it down on the base plate. You pop in a this little sealed container. You don't have to mess with the grit of the coffee grounds that may spill all over the counter. You close a lid on top. You may not even need to fill the water reservoir because you fill it up once a week, and maybe you have enough water in there for the whole week. Yeah, and it's and, and it's push, already it's already preheated. Yeah, and you push one button. Thirty seconds later, to maybe a minute and a half at the most, that you've is, got a cup I of coffee. I think that's exactly the noise they make too. 
I'm really good at sound effects. <laughs> you're, you're a, <laughs> you're a, you've got the Keurig machine down. Yeah, it, 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 it even vibrates the counter a little bit. <laughs> it, it kind of comes to a very strange sounding halt. Yeah, and then you and then you get the spits at the end where it's where it's where <laughs> it's puffing out the last the last bits of of air and and water vapor. You know, I I always love. I know this is a rabbit trail, but I got to take this. This is related. Apple is always concerned about how their products sound. This is like something that most people haven't thought about before. You know, we thought that they cared about how they looked and maybe how they felt, but there's been more recent articles and interviews and some, some, uh, some journalists that were able to tour Apple's facilities where they engineer their devices and Apple on the latest round of their uh, keyboards and the new mouse, they just announced this week. I know you probably don't care if you're into coffee. You don't care about technology, do you? But one of these days, you're probably going to be using an Apple keyboard or mouse. And they over-engineered the sound that they make. So they designed the new mouse and they started using it and said, we don't like the way it sounds as you move the mouse around on your tabletop. Oh, wow. So they went back to the drawing board and changed the materials, how they're constructed, so that it would sound better, have a pleasant sound. Not, not not the click of the mouse, just the sound of it brushing against the tabletop surface. Wow. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, I can see why. I, yeah, I can I can empathize with that because it it does. Sometimes you've I've used different peripherals. Yeah, instead of saying mice's mouses, um, that 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 do it just it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels like there's there's too much drag or it, it just it doesn't. It doesn't glide on the table like you think it should. Maybe that's so. The, what we're saying is, this is one place where the Keurig machines can work on. They can they can change their sound. Maybe it can sound a little bit more like a. Oh, I don't know. It could it could sound like a, a small waterfall. Yeah, I don't know. Rain How shower. Would, they would have to. There have to be a speaker in the back, and it would it would it would play its own sound. I mean, I I, I think the sound is 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 fine. It it it, it kind of sounds like an espresso machine. Oh um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. But I still like the espresso machines better. Yeah, well, it's because you don't like the Keurig. But okay, so you never had a Keurig, but you like Keurigs anyway. Explain yourself. It's well, I, I wouldn't prefer it if there's if there's other options there. I would I would I'd probably choose one of those. But for convenience, and let's face it, I mean you you can you can get a decent cup of coffee out of a Keurig. Obviously, depending on what you're putting into it. Obviously, depending on on the water, the you know, the coffee, and and what kind of ratio you're using. Are you are you on, on at least uh, at least on the ones that that I've used, there's usually a like small, medium, and large setting. So you can have a larger beverage, but it's a little bit more diluted, right? Because there's there's only a a limited amount of ground coffee in that cup. You know, it's not like you can if you're going to do the bigger cup, you can't add coffee to it. it right. The it, first it half is, of the brew it is what it is. It's going to be more concentrated. The second half is going to be more diluted. No matter right. what you do. Some people are like that. Some people like their coffee stronger. Some people like it a, a, a little bit more diluted. So I think that you know that, that's a fine option to have on there. Um, and if you if you want it more diluted, but you don't want to drink whatever it is, ten ounces or twelve ounces of coffee that come out in a large cup, then just drink half it and throw it away. I mean, you 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 still got what you wanted in, in, in terms of taste. So your decision or your your conclusions rather are based on just like a pragmatic perspective. It is, it's, it's totally pragmatic. Okay. Yeah. And I would much rather see people using their own coffee. And be happy with it. Actually, I would rather see them be using my coffee in the Keurig because that's a possibility. <laughs> you can buy you can buy a reusable Keurig pod. And for a while it looked like you wouldn't have that option anymore, but it seems like they're still on the market. Yeah, there's there's a there's 
workarounds. There's constantly workarounds. People are are overcoming this 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 DRM technology, which we've talked about in an earlier show, which we can probably link to. We don't have to address that again. But I see that as a as a step in the in the right direction in terms of pushing people more toward toward specialty coffee, or if not specialty coffee, at least the appreciation of coffee, because we're not we're not brewing this big twelve ounce pot with who knows what ratio with you right. know, with who knows how many how many scoops you have a little bit of control over it for your own personal taste you do and it's going to be more fresh per se well, oh absolutely than the electric drip makers coffee so here's fresh my- in terms of of the cup itself being made not not in terms of who knows how long the coffee has the been sitting around themselves. in the pod Ooh, yeah no no yeah. i'm talking yeah. about yeah uh, hot in terms of freshness yeah yeah, so my take on the Keurig is that uh, when we got married about eight years ago, my wife and I were given, I think, two Keurigs for wedding presents. And at the time, we didn't really think too much about our coffee. We would get them from wherever we were, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, whatever our parents had at home. We didn't know the brands. We didn't know the roasts. We didn't know the origins. We didn't know the machines by name. We didn't know how to operate their, their clock mechanisms to automatically start in the morning. We just used whatever was at our disposal. Mm-hmm. So Keurigs were kind of new and interesting. And I'd heard how they worked. We got uh, you know a lot of different kinds of K-cups. And we started drinking them ourselves. And it seemed mighty convenient. And as a beginner to coffee, it was just the right product at the right time. We were getting mostly coffee from the office. So we would have one cup, a cup of coffee brewed for ourselves at home in the mornings. And that was all we needed. So it's, it was incredibly efficient for a two-person household where we just needed two cups of coffee once a day. Right. So it just seemed like the way to go. What was, um, if there was any kind of uh, drawback to it, it was that you had to run it twice. And one of us would usually make the coffee for both of us. So that person would have to wait and busy themselves in the kitchen in other ways in the morning. And hey, we're going to be doing that anyway, right? Making a little bit of breakfast, taking out the trash. And in the time it takes to pull the bag out of the trash can, tie it up and put it in the can outside and come back to your kitchen, a cup of Keurig coffee is done for you. Right. It's still quicker than than if you had brewed four or six cups in a in a traditional drip machine. Getting two cups out of a out of a Keurig is still faster than that. If you're if you're speedy about it, if you're quick on the draw uh, to whip open the t- the lid and take out your old K cup and mm-hmm. pop in a new one, and you already have water in the reservoir, yeah. It would be. So the drawback that I saw over the years was that there came a point that I wanted to be more experimental with my coffee. I wanted to try coffees from different sources that I, you know, at the time I didn't know about those refillable K-cup cups. And so when I was exploring coffees and picking up new roasts, I wanted to try them out in a coffee maker that would let me. And I thought I was locked into those K-cups that were already prepackaged. Right. So we ended up getting electric drip coffee makers, and it didn't make sense to have an electric drip on the counter as well as the Keurig, mm-hmm. it, it, because like countertop space, it was just that kind of issue. Yeah, and the Keurig is definitely better looking than your typical drip yes, machine. It it, it is. Uh, strange, it's strange that it does. I mean, yeah. aesthetics are weird things. They're very subjective. Fut- it's more futuristic looking. It is. Hmm. Spacey. Yeah. Like, like it belongs in Back to the Future too, but it, it <laughs> doesn't. Um, anyway. Yeah, we we got the electric drip coffee makers and the Keurigs quickly started collecting dust under the counter. So we eventually got rid of them in a yard sale. And then it was sometime after that, we began to realize we disliked the Keurigs for other reasons, some of their other cons, which we'll get to in a minute. 
So I wanted to stop now, though, to thank our sponsor, which is Thrasher Coffee. They support this website and the podcast to keep the show going. Thrasher Coffee is the fastest craft roaster from the South, offering a fresh cup of coffee. The roasters source beans from the best farms around the world, taste test new beans every week, then mindfully prepare roasts with you in mind. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, yours is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest specialty coffee experience with your brew ritual in the morning or the afternoon or evening. You know, Eric likes his coffee all day long. I'm a little bit more particular than that, but I have always been satisfied with Thrasher Coffee no matter the time of day. When you set out to try craft roasted coffees and you explore what's available online, it can be kind of scary. It can be daunting. There's lots to choose from. And you don't really know what you're going to get for that 30 or $40 bag of coffee beans. So there's many roasters to choose from, and you just don't know what to expect. Thrasher is looking to give you, though, a consistent flavor profile from one roast to the next. And they have six coffees for you to choose from, and including names like the Homestead, the Frontier, the Prospect, the Settler, and Pioneer. They're always honing these and taste testing them and looking for ways to make them consistent all year round. If you happen to be near your computer, shop at thrashercoffee.com. You have the option to purchase their roasts two ways. Buy the pound at your convenience or with a coffee subscription so that the amount that you order is shipped every two or four weeks. Each pound of Thrasher Coffee is $25, is shipping included, and Top Brew listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. Thrasher Coffee roasts responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small-batch coffee experiences to discerning coffee drinkers at an affordable price. My thanks to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the Top Brew podcast. So, Eric, let's explore some of the pros of the Keurig machines. First of all, I want to note that they're, you know, like we've already kind of said, they're really easy to operate. And they're actually so easy to operate. I could see a child making the coffee for you in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those kinds of things. It's uh, super simple. And the kids want to learn how to sweep and mop the floor. They want to vacuum. They want to take out the trash. They're uh, emptying the dishwasher. The first chores in life that you learn, right? You know, picking up your bedroom and making mom and dad a cup of Keurig coffee. Like it's just that simple. And for well, that well, reason, my, my kids make us French press coffee. So they, so they can, they can be taught even to go beyond the Keurig too. But your kids are homeschoolers. Um, and they're a little bit older, but the Keurig is simple enough. So simple a child could do it. Mm. Then that also might say something about it, but we'll get to that in a few <laughs> minutes. They're convenient for the drinkers in most cases. So this is the other consideration. You know, if you're just dashing around the house in the morning, getting ready for work, and you don't want to think too much about what happened, and you're concerned about the ratios going on in your electric drip maker or your um, even your your French press, maybe you oversteeped your French press coffee some mornings, and you're like, man, I keep forgetting to you know control that and to um, to finish it when it's it's time to in four minutes or whatever, you know if you if you have a problem like managing your routine, you'll just find that the Keurig is so super simple that it is the ultimate device in convenience. Right. It, it, it's I think it's got an edge over the electric chip makers. Oh, absolutely. Personally. Yeah, it definitely does. That's apparent with with the fact that people are willing to spend up to up to uh, you know four times more for a Keurig machine than they can get for your basic basic drip machine. Um, uh, I mean, wh why would people do that un unless they saw four times the benefit in, in a machine? I mean, the, the novelty of it, of it wears off pretty quickly, but, but they, uh, they're still willing to fork out that, that extra money on a second and third machine, you know, buying, buying one as a, as a gift for somebody or, or whatever else. So 
if they were not meeting a need in the market, they, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be around anymore, you know, as seen on TV kind of thing. But they still continue. They still um, you know control anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent of of the coffee market, and that's that's pretty huge. Here's another reason that I didn't have here in my notes, but I'm thinking about it now. It, like you pointed out earlier, the the Keurig is an aesthetically pleasing device sitting on the counter. It looks a little bit futuristic. Yeah. It looks state of the art. You can get them in silver, and it doesn't have to be just your your off the shelf black. You can get it in different colors too. And then you can get those racks where you stick the K cups right. into the various slots, and it looks very decorative. Right. It's, it's ornamental. Like a, your coffee station becomes like what looks like um, just a display, a window shop display. Right. Which is very is very smart on Keurig's part because not only are they adding a a nice feature for the for the user, but when people come to their house, they're instantly confronted with the you know this rack of of advertising. Yeah, it looks like you have options. You got your decafs, you got your dark roast, your breakfast blends, you got the caribou variety, you got the the anniversary blend from Starbucks. It mm-hmm. all it's all right there, right. and you can have it all any given day of the week. And you didn't have to go to caribou or Starbucks or you know Kroger to get it. Right, you have every kind of variety you want: the cheap stuff or the expensive stuff. What's mm-hmm. the occasion? What's suiting you today? What's what's your appetite in the mood for? Yeah, and you can make tea. You can make tea. You make hot hot chocolate. You can make other because because it, it is just just a hot water machine depending on what. On what oh, the on what's yeah. in the pod? Oh so. man, I I I think we just clenched it. Everybody needs to run out and buy a Keurig. <laughs> okay, let me point out though that my argument here is that that the Keurig is is a link in the chain toward getting people to appreciate better coffee. Well, we'll, we'll let me use that but let minute, me use my yeah. exhibit A here is Joe Darnell. Joe Darnell used a Keurig machine for a number of years, and this and now he's he's all fussy and worried about his coffee, and and is more along along the the, the coffee enthusiast line um, than than probably most people. But at some point in your past, a Keurig did pique your interest and get you started down that path. Yes, if my twenty one year old self could meet my thirty year old self, I don't know what he would do with me. Right, but I know what I'd do with your thirty year old self. I try to sell coffee to you. Oh, because now you're one of us. It sounds very appetizing to me today. <laughs> so the, the next thing about the the K cups in general is that they just last a good long time. If you buy a lot of off the store whole bean coffees, they're already stale. Yeah, and hey, the Keurig's you know coffee is kind of stale too. But that being said, they're still in an airtight sealed container. They'll last better than the other stale coffee. They'll last longer. <laughs> in truth, they really will. A lot of the even stale coffee can always get more stale. It can become more spoiled. All the flavor can be it can escape. All anything that seems. I don't like know about getting, that though. I don't. I. I mean, I'm. I'm just going off the top of my head here, but I, it doesn't seem like like that. Yeah. I, I don't think so because I mean, there's there's still air. They may shoot a little CO two or or something in the in the pod to keep it somewhat inert, but it's ground coffee. You feel like it's already gotten to the point of no return. I would say that, that it's as imperfect as a foil bag with a, with a tin tie and, a, and, a, and an air valve at keeping the coffee fresh. I guess then what I'm thinking about is how when I was using you know, pre-ground coffee in the past, that maybe my ratios were just off when I would be scooping it out and putting it into the electric drip. And, and you know, one day you're, you're, you're not really using weight measurements in, in grams to know how much you're putting into the filter, the paper right. filter at the top of your cone of the maker. 
you're just eyeballing it. You're using a spoon and you're six spoonfuls and I'm done. And you know, that's all the ground coffee I need. Right. And that day you wound up with 30 grams instead of 24. And so today it's super strong. And then tomorrow when it's 24, it's rather weak and it seems boring and stale, right. extra stale actually. But with the K cups, at least the, whatever kind of flavor profile you're going to get, it is 99% consistent throughout all the K-Cup packages, you get all those pods. Yeah, I can't, I can't speak to that. That, that was my experience using them day in and day out. Yeah, because I, I never used one daily in the, in the sense that I was always putting the same coffee in and, and you know, sometimes I didn't, I didn't use one at all. So I, I, didn't, I didn't really see any kind of analyze the cup from day to day. Yeah. Or yeah, realize what the flavor, flavor profile was doing. And what I just saw in general was it was easy to get consistent flavors on a regular basis. Yeah, which and makes so that sense. produced the illusion to me of freshness. Right. Some degree of freshness. Either that or it's, or it's all equally stale. So yeah, that well, which is so, probably is. So it doesn't matter. So, so lastly, I think that Keurig machines in general are rather easy to clean machines for what it's worth compared to some of the electric drip coffee makers. If you're diligent enough, if you run some water through it and <laughs> baking soda and the like, you can keep these machines maintained so that they don't get filthy. You know, there's microorganisms that want to grow in your reservoir in the water. It's, yep. it's kind of like a, a, an aquarium without fish. Right. And even without the fish, it's still going to create some residue right. that's going to be there for a long time. So you should clean the thing. But as far as like the electric machines are concerned, it's one of the easier, the cleaner ones, the easier ones to clean. Yeah, and that and that should just go to say that that we that you should always clean any machine that you have, um, no matter what it is—an espresso machine, anything, anything that has a a reservoir. You can't eliminate every piece of bacteria, every 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 minute speck of 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 microorganism from your water. So there's gonna there's gonna be some in there. Highly recommend that you use some sort of routine of cleaning it on a. We on a have an basis. article on Top Brew about that, right. so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. How to okay. clean your Keurig machine. All right, so moving on to the the real negatives, the downsides, Eric. Uh, we've given enough praise and honor to where honor was due. I think now we should tear this thing apart. <laughs> so first of all, I was at the Target yesterday, and I was looking just to see what they had in the way of grinders. I'm thinking about getting a new grinder one of these days before now and Christmas. And while I was there, I, I'm walking the aisle. Did they even have a burr grinder? They do. They, they had do. They had two. Oh, wow. um, one that was cheap uh, by Mr. Coffee running for $40. Okay. And then they had the Bodum Bistro one, which I have. Uh, follow-up people, the other oh. day I said that I had something like a Bonavita. I, I'm always getting them mixed up. I actually have a Bodum. Okay. And uh, the model I have was for sale at Target. But it was at the end of a very long aisle. And on one side, you had all the electric drip makers. And then the right-hand side, you had model after model after model of Keurigs and Keurig knockoffs. And most of them Keurigs though, and all of them varying in prices, but most all of them over ninety dollars in price and up. When you say Keurig knockoff, is it is it a machine that that also takes K cups? Mm -hmm. I mean, like I don't know with the DRM if they do, but they would use the same kind of coffee pod. So you don't have to buy some different brand. pod. It's it, it still uses the as long as it works with the DRM, I, which I don't know. Okay. I didn't actually look at the specs on the devices. Okay, but, but I, I'm just they all I'm look just, the same. They all look like Keurigs. That wasn't there another one there for a while. It was like like between VHS and Beta. There was there was another they were experimenting with another kind of pod. Yes, and and it looked different. It wasn't. It didn't look like a K cup. It had a, had a different shape to it. We just identified it another con. It's uh the Keurig business is monopolizing the market on pods. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly's bad. Well, okay. So uh, here's the numbers. 
There was 16 different electric drip coffee makers, and there were 12 different Keurigs. Were seriously? Seriously. Wow. In one store. Like, I, dude, I, how often are you shopping for a coffee maker that you would need that kind of selection? Wow. How, how many differences can there be between the models that that actually makes a difference? Now, grant you, Keurigs, right? Like, I can understand having 16 different varieties of electric drip coffee makers because some of them will have larger pots, some big, you know, smaller, some with better clocks, maybe two some clocks. Some glass craft, some with stainless steel craft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can, yeah. But you can't see that many variables for the Keurigs, right? That's, yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah. It just shows that Keurigs are really becoming, well, the dominant in the market. They really are right. uh, taking right. over in some strange ways to me. So there was an article that we discovered on time.com where they broke down some of the costs uh, of getting the single pod brewers. Here was a quote straight up from the article. Recently, marketing professor Eric Anderson at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management noted that in 2002, the average coffee maker cost $35. You know, seems about right because back then the electric drip coffee makers were the end thing and maybe you had some French presses to go around and that was about it. This is what, in what year? 2002. Okay. You know, we had Chemexes and we didn't have the AeroPress yet. You realize how much the coffee culture, the counter coffee culture, coffee culture has grown oh, in it, the it last really 10 has. years? Yeah. It's really something. Yeah. But yeah, let's go back to 2002 it, when we were still sort of in the dark ages of coffee. Uh, we had we had the average coffee maker going for $35. Today, it is still easy to find a basic coffee maker for that price, or even $20 or $25. By 2013, however, the average coffee maker purchase price hit around $90, partly due to the spread of pricey single pod brewers from Keurig, the cake in K-Cups, Nespresso, and others. At Bed Bath & Beyond, the least expensive Keurig coffee maker is $100, which seems fairly typical. The least expensive. The least expensive. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, they're selling air presses too. Yeah. For, and you, for $25. And you, and you said the average in 2002 was what? 25? 20, uh, 35. 35. So yeah, it is, it is almost, wow. So there is that downside that if you're going to go this way, it's going to be a heck of a lot more expensive than other makers. You could get a lot of coffee gear for craft coffee at home for your $90. If you wanted to go the handcrafted route, you could have your Chemex, you could have the weight scale, you could, or you could just get a really super water kettle or a really super grinder. I mean, you could get some substantial upgrades for the $90 that you would put in the Keurig. You can, but, but, but again, it's, it's all depending on what does that person, I mean, not everybody is, is interested in, in buying all those tools and going through all that trouble. We would like to think that maybe someday they will, if you can show them with a, with a taste test or something, just what can be done with actually investing more time, a few more tools, and maybe a little bit more hassle into your into your coffee routine. Sure, you can't just push a button, but I mean, I think it's kind of fun. I like handcrafting my own cup of coffee each morning. It's it's a uh, it's become part of my routine, and I don't look at it as as being a burden. I look at it as as part of what you do in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing too, Eric, is that K cups cost two or three times more per cup compared to the traditional brewed coffee. Now, what they mean by this was coming from the article again, and this is something you'll find a lot if you Google the price of a average cup of coffee or the price of a Starbucks cup of coffee. And these days, it seems like most people think, well, the average price of a Starbucks cup of coffee is $4. Mm -hmm. No, you're talking about getting one of their dessert specialty lattes. You're getting one of their macchiatos. Yeah. That's not what they charge for a regular black cup of coffee. Uh, when I say regular, you know what I mean. A black roast. Morning blend, just uh, a, yeah, just tall. 
<laughs> coffee. Just a, a, here is your black coffee. A cup of coffee, coffee. Yeah. Right. right? And that and that usually runs what about two dollars? Yeah, or just under. Okay, like a dollar eighty-five to ninety-five. Okay. Yeah. So, but see, the thing is, just in general, the K cups will cost you something like right now they're saying sixty-six cents per K cup. They have to take a lot of variables in mind because okay. there are a lot of different coffees for the coffee pods, and they all vary in price. When you average the price out, it comes out to about sixty-six cents. So there's going to be a lot of K cups that cost more than that, and some less. Okay. Yeah. And and being generous, um, let's just say it's fifty cents a cup. Let's say you found the the box of Keurig pods. You found it on sale, and you bought a bunch of them, and you you got your price down with your with your Keurig machine down to fifty cents a cup. Well. You, you buy a bag of specialty coffee, it's still lower than that for your, your cost per cup. It's going to be anywhere between 25 to 35 cents a cup based on how much coffee you use. Well, if you were having a cup of specialty coffee, sorry, I mean handcrafted coffee now, if you just had one of those a day, you'd be looking at about $130 in expense a year for a cup every day of the year. Okay. And then if you were brewing the K-Cups 365 days a year, for 50 cents, it would be about 185. But that's that's being generous. That is, that's the generous number, right? In actuality, people are spending a lot more than that because, you know, water, et cetera. Uh, I, it, dude, I just can't believe that this happens. You're looking at $723 a year if people have more than one cup of coffee a day. Even, even if they did spend that much, they would try to justify it by saying, well, yeah, but I don't make a full pot of coffee that I dump half of it down the drain. Yeah, but you've already paid for the pot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's not like it's a waste of money. You Still less money than if you had brewed two Keurig pods. Yeah, I mean, you're consuming all that you make, so you're not, quote, wasteful. Right. But speaking about wasteful, uh, <laughs> this is the last point I had here, which was that the coffee pods are essentially unrecyclable. That means that it, at least it's true that for K-cups, for Keurigs, it is the single most wasteful form of coffee making on the planet. Yeah. In fact, the guy who who invented the Keurig machine doesn't have one. And one of his his primary arguments is that- Very reason. Is that they're very inefficient. They're very, um, if a million people in the United States alone are, are using these every morning, I mean- That's those, a lot of plastics. Those cups stack up. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. So there's been many articles written about this. You can look this sort of thing up. If, you, if you're not convinced it's true, just look it up. Like you go into a lot of offices, small offices today where they have Keurig machines and you'll see whole trash cans full of the Keurig pods in a day. Yeah. So there is that. In the last minute that we have here to discuss this, I want to ask and answer the question, who's the Keurig machine for? There's four different kinds of people I identify that the Keurig is still for in spite of the wastefulness. First of all, those people that are just new to coffee, like Mm -hmm. I was. If you don't have the time to figure it all out today and the Keurig machine is convenient for you, go for it. Use it. Get some coffee in you if that's what you're enjoying today. That being said, we're not crazy about how it tastes and maybe you aren't either. So you're using more additives when you get started. You're adding more cream and sugar and flavored stuff to try and experiment and, real, and come to the realization that we have that ultimately, even though you're getting a consistent cup of coffee, and yes, you got the caffeine from it, and there's the comfort from having the hot beverage on a regular basis in your brewing ritual, it's still just not the best quality experience. But a lot of people never get to that point. Because they appreciate other values over the taste of the beverage, right? right. right. So, so there are other people with no time to think about brewing coffee. 
if you have no time in the world to think about how your coffee is made and to explore the recipes and get an AeroPress and try the inverted method and the original by AeroBee, if you're not interested in fussy coffee makers that are ultimately going to take six to 15 minutes of your time to make a brew a day, then the Keurig is going to save you on time and you won't have to pick up the skills necessary to make a better cup of coffee. Right. Although I will say that that, that, that argument really doesn't hold a lot of water with me because you, there, there's always a way to make time for something that's important to you. So by saying that I don't have the time to do that, you're essentially saying it's not important to me. So if, if you're making this argument based on pure convenience, then I think really what you're saying is that, well, it really doesn't matter to me. Well, and that's my next point is that it, maybe you're just one of those people that really doesn't care what you're getting. You don't really think about the taste of coffee. It all tastes the same to you. If it all just tastes the same to you, go for the Keurig, man. Just drink it up. Go go to the Pilot gas station. I mean, go anywhere you want and get regular coffee. Yeah. And then, But there's a lot of people that feel that way. They just need the caffeine. That is why they drink it. It's almost like for health reasons. They, they just want to jumpstart themselves in the morning so they're cognizant and don't get in a car wreck today. Yeah, but the, those, I think those people have just have just gotten to the point where they're settling. They wouldn't say the same thing about, about any, other, any other type of food. Well, all milkshakes taste the same. Well, all, all ice cream tastes the same. Well, all, all steaks the... taste the same. Well, no, no, they don't. Obviously. Exactly. They can't tell the difference between like real banana and the artificially sweetened fake banana milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> that the Arby's. Real Coke <laughs> and, and, and Kroger Cola taste just the same. So that it doesn't matter to me. Well, no, that's not true. Exactly. And so that's the last group of people, the people that don't want to learn nice things. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being a little facetious by how I worded that. But I'm one of these people that now really appreciates handcrafted culture, creativity, doing it yourself, exploring something in new ways. And for me, coffee is part hobby. Right. So I enjoy picking up the Chemex and trying something new with it, brewing it for four, six, or eight people just to see what kind of variables I get picking up a new bag of coffee from a different roaster this week and trying it out to see what kind of, what they claim to be great coffee right? and what I can do with it with my maker. I'm thinking about our friend Nick that we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. When he was talking to me about coffee, he pointed out that he will find the, the brewing recipe that is perfect for every roast that he makes. And then he tries to stick to that and he bases his coffee descriptions off of the proven recipe. Well, if you're doing that, how do you know your customers are going to get the same flavor as you are? Because they're probably not using the same recipe you right. are. And he says, we don't know that. Right, and that's right. something that the specialty coffee industry is working on now. Yeah, but but I don't I don't know that they'll ever necessarily even get will. there. I mean, they you, you can have a recommended recipe for anything, but that's still, just because everybody's using the same ratio doesn't mean they're using the same water, doesn't mean that they're using the same device or that they're even that their palate is even is even sensitive to these same tastes that 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 right. other people are getting but i like to think of it as the pursuit of happiness for me coffee it's been handcrafted coffee it's the pursuit of happiness yeah it's important to you so yeah by that standard the keurig machine is just boring yeah it takes all the joy out of it it's like uh, sticking with the nintendo wii in 2015 and not trying out an xbox or well it's a, it's a difference of of you you decide you need a, a a new bookshelf in your living room and you can either go to Ikea and buy a bookshelf and have it together in, in 20 minutes, according to the paper, but, but probably more like three hours, but you'll have, you'll have a functional bookshelf. You will have a bookshelf or you could go out into your garage where you have a bunch of woodwork, you know, assuming you have a bunch of woodworking tools and make yourself 
a cabinet, a bookshelf that you'll hand down to your kids, you know, something that, that is that is handcrafted, that is special in a way. You know, the, the IKEA thing is is you could take or leave it. It's it's serving a purpose, it's serving a function, but the bookshelf you make by hand is so much more than that. And that's that's really the difference between I think Keurig coffee and handcrafted coffee. It's it's all it's all personal preference and it's all it's all based on what's important to you. Well I think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Episode 38, thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts about what we discussed, feel free to follow up on the topic. We would like to hear your thoughts, and we'll talk about them next week if there's anything more to explore here. You can find the show notes with links at toprew.fm slash podcast slash 36, or in the podcast app that you're using right now if you want to get to that article that we mentioned on time.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at toprew.fm, and I'm also there. I'm underscore Joe Darnell. If you want to reach us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash topbrewfm. And if you would like us to explore another topic in a future episode of Top Brew, be sure to mention that, and we'll get to that as well. Lastly, I want to say thanks again to Thrasher Coffee. This show is made possible with the support of our sponsors. So enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that you heard about them from us. Use the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout to get 25% off of your order. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew.